welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I'm delighted to welcome back a former podcast interview, Kavitha Reddy, who's going to talk about a lot of interesting things uh, in her career, and especially at this time of the year, uh, some seasonal uh, holiday movies. And welcome back. Thank you. We're delighted to have you with us, and let's start out for some of the listeners who may not have heard the first one. They will go back and listen, I promise, <laughs> to that one, and uh, just share a little bit about where you were raised and your uh, education and career choice. <laughs> that career choice question again. <laughs> um, so I was actually born and raised here in McMinn County. I went to Narada Elementary. I went to McMinn for high school. And then I went to UT for undergrad. After undergrad, I went to DePaul Law School in Chicago, which gets back to this career choice question. I, my plan was to be a divorce attorney, and my dad bought this theater building with the intent of renovating it. It turned into a much bigger project, and I ended up helping and then here I am still I haven't been able to get it set up enough that I felt confident in, in jumping ship so I'm still here so I guess I've chosen whatever this crazy world is as my career how many years Kavitha again with the theater I we technically opened in February of 2015 dad bought the building in October of 2013 and I probably have been in, involved since 2014 ish pretty solid more so towards the end once we got closer to actually opening beginning to work on that uh, first decade I know I cannot <laughs> believe that it's been almost 10 years how many other attorneys do you know that own and run a movie theater. You'd be surprised, actually. I I don't know that there's a lot, but um, it was a, a funny story. I was on a Zoom meeting with the Independent Cinema Alliance, which is our organization for independent cinema. And it was a Zoom call where I had my camera off and my sound off, but I was at the barn and I have a cow that her name is Vivian and she's very friendly and I love her. So I was going to see her and my camera accidentally turned on. And so during this really serious meeting, my camera is projecting my interaction with this cow who's trying to get her <laughs> hairbrush out of my hand that's in the same hand as my phone. So they're just seeing cow nose in the camera and, and this whole thing. So I realize it's on, I turn it off and think that I can just very carefully step away and no one will notice, everything's fine. And then at the end of the meeting, someone um, brought up that I was an attorney. They're like, what exactly do you do? I mean, you're on, on one day you're an attorney, one day you're running a movie theater, and now you're out petting cows. And then someone else spoke up and they're like, yeah, I left the legal world to run a movie theater, but I don't have cows as a hobby. So <laughs> there are others. I just, I don't know if it was their plan or if it was a similar situation or if they saw it as an investment, but there are a couple. That's fun. And, and as we all know, there are so many, uh, I guess, millions of people who start out in a career 
and then segue into something else mm-hmm. through circumstances, which you have Well, done. circumstances, but also mm-hmm. when you're supposed to choose your career at 18, what college oh. are you going to go to? I don't even know what's out there. Like today, if you said you can be anything you want to be, I will take you to that job today. I wouldn't know where to tell you because I don't even know what jobs are out there. Exactly. And so many changes in the college world with majors that are selective majors, not just standard. But you're absolutely right in it. Between 18 and 22, I don't know why they expected any of us no. to decide this would be our, our life career if it were. But, no, that's exciting. Now, when we talked before, Kevin, we were looking at uh, <clears throat> some things that we found very interesting. And I had a lot of good feedback from folks who said they had no idea. In running a movie theater, how much, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe lack of decision control you have over the movies that come your way. Is that still correct? Yes. I mean, it's definitely a studio decision at the end of the day to pick what goes where and when and how. It's. I mean, we might be able to suggest something, but I don't think that I would say we have a choice. If we're showing something older, like with our our Halloween event that we do, the Boo and View, we get to pick that, but that's within certain parameters too. We can't just pick a Disney movie, for example, because Disney isn't going to allow us to show their older movies. So even within older movies, you don't get to pick. But um, yeah, they, they typically send us our weekly list and tell us what's coming and going. And share with us again, the length of a movie at the theater, is that pretty well under your control or not necessarily? I mean, they... No, it's not within our control, although the community kind of can help influence that decision. The more attendance we have for a particular movie, the less likely it is to leave. Okay. However... If you get into a situation like in the summer where you're having three or four new movies every week, something has to go. So even if it's doing really well, it might be the oldest movie we have and it's just time for it to move on. But for example, right now we have a movie called After Death that was just the lowest performing movie that we have this week. So it's the one that's leaving so that we can open the new movie this week. Okay. Now with the holiday season uh, help us understand are these movies that will come forward in the next few weeks to the end of the year are they based on holiday stuff or not necessarily I mean are you getting an idea of what might be coming weirdly I don't know that in our whole time frame we've had more than maybe two or three true holiday movies i'm trying to think we had one called the star it was an animated one that i think may have come out around the holidays we had a bad mom's christmas that came out in september of one year so it was a christmas movie that came out way before the holiday season even started there's one right now that's called journey to bethlehem and it started a week or two ago and will probably be gone before christmas so I don't know that there's the same market. I, I remember going to watch certain movies that felt holiday-ish when I was mm-hmm. younger. And I just I don't know if we're just not getting them or if they're just not out there. 
but the holidays are some of the busiest days of the year, so some of the bigger blockbusters do come out. So they do a lot of buildup for those all year. So there's been a ton of marketing for one called Wonka. It's the backstory, the origin story of Willy Wonka. And then there's a new Aquaman movie coming out that's held tight to its December release. Last year, Avatar, they knew that it was going to be the Christmas movie of the year. So um, those kinds of things tend to stick, and you know that going into it. It's the smaller ones that fill in the gaps that you're not always sure about what's coming and going. But some of those bigger tentpole ones are definitely on the list. From a marketing standpoint, do they expect you locally to market all this, or do they provide you with marketing tools? They, it's a weird dynamic. So if our customer base does not know about the movie, they're not going to come. But the studio does not always invest the marketing that would help that movie do well. It was kind of like that with COVID. You know, they were releasing very small movies, but they didn't have the budget to market the movie. So even though there was a movie in the theater, no one knew about it. So they will provide us with a lot of graphic content. They'll do some behind the scenes videos and stuff. It's typically stuff that they're also sharing. And we can either actively share it from their profiles or we can share it natively on our profile. So we're allowed to upload and share that kind of stuff. Some of the studios will monitor our social media and if we've added a graphic with our logo that wasn't approved, we will have to take it down. So it's we're marketing it, but we're also not allowed to do certain things. So it's a little tricky. They do, I think, expect us to do some marketing on some levels, but I don't know if it would be allowed if I were to buy a billboard and put now playing at Athens Movie Palace with our logo on it, I don't, I mean, it, there's certain marketing things. It's, it's a weird subworld of this, the, the distribution thing that I think the bigger studios have dedicated departments and the bigger theaters also have dedicated departments. So those two departments work really well together. But when you have someone like me that's just this single location, it can be a little bit more difficult for us to get some of the marketing material, like the cardboard stand-ups that you'll see in the lobbies of other theaters. Those are really hard for us to get. Um, the studio relations people don't always respond to me because I'm just this one person in the middle of nowhere. So they tend to focus their marketing dollars in the bigger markets. We're lucky that we have Knoxville and Chattanooga stations here. So by default, we get some of that. Mm -hmm. But um, we're not going to get the same marketing that L.A. and New York are getting. So it's it's tricky. I mean. When <clears throat> I noticed, and this may not be a valid question specifically, but when you run previews prior to the, the feature presentation, uh, am I noticing correctly that those previews are also movies by the same studio that's doing the feature or not necessarily? So if you're watching them at the, at the palace, right. yes, they're almost always going to be what the studio has told us to play. The other theaters are probably going to tack on five or six extra trailers because they have the room for it. And it's 
it's really simple math at the end of the day, because if we have 30 minutes of trailers, if we have five show times by the end of the day, we've given up an entire show time that we would have had to dedicate to trailers. So we only play two or three. Disney sometimes will require four or five different trailers. And, you know, at two minutes a piece, that's cutting into our ability to show the movie mm -hmm. multiple times. So we tend to keep our trailers pretty short. The other reason I do it is because we don't know in advance what we're going to show, it can be a little risky. You get everyone all hyped up about a movie that then disappears or doesn't come to us. So you're advertising for someone else. Yeah. I think that's going to happen to us with, there's a movie called, I think it's Next Goal Wins is what it is. And it's been heavily trailered. So there's a lot of different trailer versions that I've put on a ton of things because I thought that the target audience that some of our movies were in, I thought they would enjoy this trailer. And I didn't look, or it didn't have a release date, I don't remember, but now I'm thinking that we may not end up with that. So I've put it on, there's been hundreds of people that have seen this trailer at my thing, and I'm just like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to have it. So it's tricky because the trailers change, the, they're, ugh, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a weird problem to have. A lot of them will be dated. So it'll say coming November 17th. Mm -hmm. So what happens if we don't get the movie on November 17th, but we know that we're going to get it on, I don't know, the, the first. So if you see that it came out on the 17th, you might assume that we're not going to get it. They don't allow us to change the date on the trailer so that it can say coming to the movie palace on... December 1st, so that you would know to watch for it here. It's just... And then if I understand, I mean, that's a very important point. Somebody's going to say, well, okay, they're not going to get it, so I'm just going to go see it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Right, so you've lost that, that business. Uh, do the, and I don't think I asked you this before, but do the studios send some sort of reps to your theater every so often? To just check on things? I mean, is that a yes. fair question? It is a fair question. I, knock on wood, have not noticed them as much post-COVID. But I know before they would show up and make sure that we were playing the right trailers, that their posters were in the right place, that we had certain promo items out, um, that our screen or our ticket numbers match what we're reporting to make sure that we're not allowing people into the theater that didn't pay for a ticket. And it's, it was a little stressful because you don't know what they're there for. And some of them are a little bit of a secret shopper kind of situation. And some of them really are from the studios. So, and even without being on site, the studios will monitor our show times and make sure that all of their movies are getting the right number of show times and, that we haven't advertised something incorrectly. So we're being watched by the studios, definitely. When you took over the theater, and, and that's a great story, as you said, you know, getting into that, did you have any idea this was going to be controlled this much by them? Or, I mean... I don't know that I knew enough to think that someone else would be in control, if that makes sense. I knew... 
from just my experience going to the movies, and we've all heard it all of our lives, that the studios take X number of dollars, you know, they take most of your ticket sales, or they only make money on concessions. I had always heard that. And I think that in my head, maybe it was just that they charge you so much for playing the movie that that's where the how the money works out. I did not realize that it was such a high stress week to deal with the studios that they'll come to you on a Wednesday and want 27 cents by Thursday and you won't be able to play the movie on Thursday night if you don't get them this and that kind of stress I would have never even expected at all I would have thought that it's just they take all of your money you know and I don't know how I thought they got that money but I definitely did not expect it to be so quick of a turnover like you get to Friday and you're like okay I survived another one but then it starts again on Monday for us so it's it's just every week's well tell the folks again because this stunned me folks when she and I talked about it before the average ticket what does what, what does Cavitha wind up with here what so, percentage wise let's let's do the math let me let me sure. grab my phone here because I'm I went to law school not math school so <laughs> let's say we have the six dollar and fifty cent matinee ticket so that's the the ticket price for all of our shows before four forty five the majority of our tickets are matinee. So if we have to give the studio 75%, oh, God. oh, that's a big number. That is 488. So if we take 488 out of our, oh, oh, that's not good. That is $1.62 that we make out of $6.50. Oh, my goodness. And then if you're discounting seniors or, or however that mm -hmm. works, you're losing an even mm -hmm. bigger chunk of that percentage. They So our matinee ticket is our cheapest ticket. We can't discount those. But on our regular tickets at night, we have a little bit of flexibility, but they still get their full amount. And so they're definitely watching to make sure that we're not charging too little. So mm. they don't want us to, if we decided we're going to charge $5 per ticket, they may not approve that because they're not going to get anything either. So they're going to have a certain, they may charge us a minimum guarantee in that case. They may say you have to pay us $1,500 regardless of how much you make. Yeah. So there's been situations where we didn't make enough off of the movie to pay for the movie. Wow. Now, interesting, you said the majority of ticket sales or matinee sales? Mm -hmm. People just don't come out at night anymore? Um, well, it's not that our ticket sales, it's that the majority of our shows. We have a lot more matinee shows than we do oh, okay. evening shows. So on <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we usually have one show each, so that's three. And then on um, Friday, Saturday, we usually have one or two that are evening shows, so that's going to add another four. So that puts us at seven regularly priced movies. Mm -hmm. But on Wednesday, we usually have two or three matinees. On Friday, we have two or three matinees. On Sunday, we have two or three, usually two. And then you add all that up. So we have more options for the cheaper ticket price. It doesn't mean that those are the most frequented show times. It's just... If you come to the movie, odds are you're probably going to get a matinee time. Now, this is a question I wanted to ask you the last time. 
are there any, to your knowledge, in, in around the country, are there any single theater, uh, I guess movie theater, just one single place that you walk in, not not a fileplex or a mm-hmm. twelveplex, like are a single still screen, some single screen Absolutely. theater, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've still got some. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and they face the same dilemmas you do. I'm obviously. sure they face it on a different level because the studios don't allow screen stacking, as they call it, which would be sharing a screen with multiple movies. So even if they have one screen, they're only showing one movie. They're not going to be allowed to show Trolls in the Morning and Hunger Games at Night. They would have to show one or the other. I got you. And they would be doing the same thing, though, only so many screenings a day, depending mm-hmm. on, as you pointed out, uh, trailers and other things. So, mm-hmm. wow. I guess I just didn't know if, uh, sort of like the old last picture mm-hmm. show up 10 years ago, just one screen left. I don't know that <clears throat> there's any new ones. I think any of those are probably just fragments of the past that yeah, haven't. Retro. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, if we had been able to renovate this as a twin screen, we would have been in that same situation. Mm-hmm. We would have had the two screens to choose from. And wow. I don't, I honestly don't know if that would have been more or less stressful because mm-hmm. then we would have only had two movies and then you would have a lot more people who are upset because you can't play their movie. And <laughs> so I, I don't know that five is stressful, but I don't know that two would have been less stressful. What about drive-in movies? Are they pretty well fading away for the most part um i can't remember there's a lady that's on our ica our independent cinema alliance and her family owns drive-ins in pennsylvania and they had a guest speaker talk about it this summer and i don't remember all the specifics there's they're strong held in their communities but they're not as favored and they're it's they see it sometimes as like a dying art just because a lot of directors don't want their movies in that kind of they want it in the big high quality premium format kind of things and so there's a limit to what drive-ins can do it's more of an experience than it is true movie going in the same way that people go to a hard top theater hard top mm-hmm. okay. that's what they call i didn't know that either there's a lot of weird industry words that i like to throw out there and i'm not sure i'm using them properly we'll get you back for a full glossary <laughs> I of movie I can, terms. I can tell you i, I oh, tell you what i think they mean <laughs> so we look at the driving of course so many people have done that and and they kind of do they not necessarily get movies after you would i mean a little delay perhaps or they it seems like they have in the past, but I honestly don't know how their booking works. The mm-hmm. one that's local here in town, they also have a hardtop theater in Georgia, so they mm-hmm. may have, have some agreement with their booker for that. I don't know. I've, okay. not, I've never spoken with them about it, but I know that a lot of movies typically, and it could be that they're cheaper to do off the break, which is meaning it doesn't come on the release date. So they may get a, a you know a cheaper, it may be, more cost efficient for them to wait a week or two. Um, I'm not sure if that's how they operate or not. Now let's look at, I guess, the the biggest thing that seems to have come around, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, is all this streaming stuff. Somebody releases a movie on Netflix, 
and says it'll be in the theaters at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that concept. I'm sorry. Help us there. Okay. Here's another one of those terms that I heard a lot, and I'm not entirely sure how it literally translates, but they refer to it as day and date. So the streaming thing really took off during COVID when people were not able to come to the theaters. It wasn't even that they didn't want to. It's just theaters were shuttered. Mm. I mean, we were one of those kind of accidental casualties of COVID in the sense that the restrictions that ultimately applied to us were big blanket statements that kind of didn't take into consideration what we were able to do with our facility. So we were getting grouped into bigger categories that just completely paralyzed the theater industry. So they started these streaming services thinking that they could take advantage of the content that they had already created because a lot of it would have been dated I mean, we didn't know when we were going to get open back up again. So some of these movies start to look old after a year or two just with the special effects and anything in it, like clothing, that makes them... Added. If it was supposed to be a modern-day movie and now you're seeing trends that were modern in 2020, but three years later you're like, that was so 2020. People can see it. There's a very specific thing that you know people realize. So they were trying to get this content out. And the streaming service didn't take our business in the way that I think people expected it to. Going to the movies is so much different than watching a movie at your house. I mean, even if I watch a movie here by myself, I pause it, I get up, I forget I was watching it, I go back in, it's still on the screen. I mean, I'm not good at watching a movie unless I'm in an auditorium with other people. I just, I think it took me four days to watch the Taylor Swift concert because it was it was over I think it was over three hours long and I just I would watch a few songs and I'd go do something or someone would come and need me so it's just a different experience than streaming and I if I'd been able to stream that at my house I probably would have and I just would have let it play in the background and it wouldn't have mattered to me if I saw every second of it but there's certain movies that you have to be glued to the screen watching or you miss something and then suddenly you have no idea what happened And so streaming will never take the place of going to the movies. You're just never going to replicate. You know, if someone says, let's go do something special tonight, coming over to my house and watching a movie is not going to be as fun as, let's go to the movies and buy popcorn and get some candy and just sit somewhere else where you're not in your space all the time. And I think the, the folks around you depending on the movie, engage and maybe energize you. Mm-hmm. If it's a comedy or if it's an adventure mm-hmm. or something, everybody's feeling that same sensation, which is not the same at home with maybe nope. even your family of 10 sitting right. around. So, I think the horror yeah. movies are the best example of that because you're stuck in this terrifying room <laughs> and then if something happens that causes someone to be scared everybody's more scared and then you laugh about it together. Like it's more of a communal experience. Like I think that those kinds of things you cannot replicate at home. I'll never forget as an aside, when I was a teenager in Chattanooga, we had two main theaters downtown Chattanooga. And we went to see a movie called House on Haunted Hill. And if I'm not mistaken, it was that classic uh, horror movie master, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Vincent Price. 
absolutely exciting. And there were pieces of it, just like with Psycho and other movies, that were so frightening because the music popped mm -hmm. up in the background. And there were three of us high school guys sitting there, and one of those came up just as I was about to get some popcorn out of my bag <laughs> and literally threw it in the air over my shoulder on some guy's lap. But what was funny is he didn't get upset by it because he had done the same exact thing. <laughs> and like you say, the theater is full. People are laughing about the horror or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you're right. There's no, no change. I mean, there's no substitution for that. And now, some of the streaming is expensive. There was, well, there's been a couple of the movies that I missed either because we didn't get them or because I didn't have time to watch them here. And I thought, oh, it's online. I'll just go watch it on streaming. I'm not going to pay $15 to rent a movie that I'm probably going to miss half of because I'll forget that I turned it on. Yeah. And I could go to the movie theater for half that and actually enjoy my time. Well, that's a wonderful point because I've written it right here. I was looking for an old movie. And it turned out the movie came out in 1984. And I go to Prime Video, which we pay for, mm -hmm. as everybody knows, on those services. And <clears throat> the only option to watch that movie was to buy it for $11. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is a 40-year-old movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm already paying you for Prime Video by mm -hmm. the month. I'm a little confused. So I am i don't know how they can get buy with that except they can mm -hmm. but you're right because there are people who <clears throat> will always think that it's cheaper to do the things at home and in some ways maybe yes maybe you're not using gas money you're not if you have six kids you're not going to have to buy them all candy and drinks but yeah. there are ways to make movie going affordable and not sacrifice the the experience but also you know if you just really want to own the movie then buy the $11 one on Amazon but it's definitely not the same. Yeah, I, but I'm like you. I just look at it and say, sorry, not tonight. Mm -hmm. I'll read a book or mm -hmm. I'll find something that's on the free deal or whatever. But and, and I guess we never thought that years and years and years ago that it would evolve into this because you're absolutely right. To me, it's just fun. Go in, you know, get some popcorn, candy, sit down. There's that experience of watching the movie. And then, uh, uh, and yes, like it's you say, smaller crowds and... And now it's a memory. Like, you remember seeing that movie. Yes. Like There was a couple that came in a few weeks ago, and the lady was going to go to the bathroom, and the guy was like, do you want anything from the concession counter? And she rattled off all this stuff that she wanted. And so he comes to the counter, and he's like, okay, she wants this, this, and this. And I looked at my employees, and I was like, I want someone to take me on a date to the movies and buy me all the <laughs> snacks. And they jokingly said, well, if you go on the other side of the counter, we can hand it to you. And I was like, but it's not the same. Like, just getting to go and now having that memory of, you know, like going to the movie with your parents. I remember going to watch a movie with my mom while I was studying for the bar. We came here in Athens, and I remember, you know, specifically watching that movie there. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have any, you know, tangible memories, anything salient about that specific experience. Absolutely, and that's, that's what it ought to be, making some memories great great lines. We talk about this at the Arts Center, as you probably know, community theater. We're not professionals over there. We do a pretty decent job, but those memories last for mm -hmm. years and years and years about things that occurred, lines that were missed sometimes, these sorts of things. And you're absolutely right, the memory of that experience. So, yeah, and I hope 
that certainly is going to continue. And I'm glad you said that streaming and all of that should never replace mm-hmm. that experience, especially for the kids. Mm-hmm. I love uh, with my older grandkids who are now in their late 20s. I love going to the movies with them. Now being able to do that with my 8 and 10 year old grands. Uh, memories for the older folks, memories for mm-hmm. the kids. It's just, it's it's perfect. Uh, and so looking at it for future times, and we've got the holiday season, as you progress into 2024, what do you want to do here at the Movie Palace that, that enhances that experience for everybody? Do you have some thoughts in mind? Mm-hmm. So we've kind of looked at 2023 as the true recovery year post-COVID. This was the first year that we really had the crowd sustainably through the whole year versus, you know, last year we had Top Gun and that was huge. We had a record day, but then the rest of the year ended up being the worst year we've had since we opened. And then this year, the crowds have been back consistently. It's really made us feel more confident about being able to return to some of the things that we've been able to do in the past, like to raise money for certain things and do special events. Um, One of the big things for us is just being able to feel confident about being open on the holidays because in the past couple of years, we haven't had any good movies. And I know there's a huge debate about whether businesses should be open on the holidays or not. But going back to that memory thing we were just talking about, we're open because that's when you get to spend time with your family. You have people from out of town and times that you don't get to go to the movies together. Now you can. So we're open. We also love working the holidays because we get to see everybody. So all those people that come into town, we don't have to make, well, let's go get lunch. And then you blocked out a whole hour of your day. You get to see them in passing and then you have an excuse to go on about your day. But, um, you know, those, those memories. And so our focus for 2024 is definitely going to be getting back to providing opportunities for things like that like maybe coming up with some more fun events because that's some of the most memorable stuff that we have done is people remember us dressing up for certain things and making an experience out of a premiere instead of just opening night of a movie come watch it you know we're doing a barbie party and we're doing you know we've had characters dress up like the movie or the movie characters and then they come and take pictures and So I really want to try to get my head back in that game of, okay, customers are consistently coming, so now you can really start to regroup and and have more stuff. Good. And let me say to our listeners that CAVF has been great about community service, putting on a lot of of events, uh, low cost and free for different groups to come and enjoy these experiences. And that's, that's such a wonderful thing for you, uh, to have done that, and let me thank you on behalf of a lot of us in the community for doing that. Uh, it's just, th- these are things, folks, that, you know, th- they won't be replaced. I can go back to my youth. She's going back uh, to hers, and these are just wonderful things, and I know you all who are listening have had these wonderful memories, and I encourage you uh, to get out, get to the movie palace, see what's here, um, and then help in any way you can with what Cavitha needs, uh, sometimes let us help you in whatever things we can mm-hmm. do as a, as a community. So any other things you'd like to say to the folks? Uh, just buy popcorn. <laughs> please, <laughs> buy popcorn and candy. Please, please, please. I think it's wonderful. And it's so similar, Cavitha, to athletic events. I think you're aware 
people who don't necessarily want to pay ticket prices to mm-hmm. these big things, but please, uh, the concessions help, you know, mm-hmm. keep everybody going. Mm-hmm. But we're so tickled to have you. And like I say, we'll get you back at a future time in 2024 to begin looking at, at the things that you are doing. And, and uh, folks, if you have any questions, please, as I always say, send them to me. Shell Griff at gmail.com, S-H-E-L-G-R-I-F at gmail.com, and I can get back with her and, and get you an answer in future episodes, but we're just tickled, and I wish you and yours a very happy mm-hmm. holiday. Yeah, I hope to see you this December. We will be here, I guarantee you, with family coming in. Mm-hmm. We love it. And folks, as I always say, hope you have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.